Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're talking with my good friend and returning guest, Mark Willis. Mark has been on several times on this podcast, and I keep coming back to him because he's always a wealth of information, and he has a unique way for my family and I and many of my students to uh, build wealth. And Mark is the best to explain this. He'll do way better than I ever could to explain uh, how all this works. But we are able to essentially be our own bank. We're able to earn uh, money, use that cash, and it still earns uh, interest even when we use it for vacations or to pay off debt or to build a business, to buy inventory, whatever you need it for, the money still um, is earning interest for you as if you never took it out. And so it's just a really powerful strategy. But today we're talking about um, how to use a policy like that for paying off debt and how it's he's uh, coined the term snow bank method. And he goes um, step by step into how to use a policy like this to pay off debt and still have cash available. So really cool. Um, I highly recommend you uh, either check out this episode or and of the other episodes that I've had with Mark. I'll have a link in the show notes to all those other episodes because they're just very eye-opening. Uh, this is something I didn't even know existed a few years ago, but we've had our policy policies, plural, since about 2016, and they've been a game changer for us uh, in our finances. And it's a guaranteed, super crazy, crazy safe. Um, and uh, you'll just love Mark. He's a great guy. Um, by the way, book a free call with him, ryanreager.com forward slash bank on yourself. And you can book a really quick call just to go over your situation. He'll let you know right up front if it's not a fit for you. Um, very, very, very low pressure. Really good guy. Uh, but here is my episode with Mark. Mark, welcome back to Streams of Income, man. What a pleasure. Thanks, Ryan. It, I was telling you earlier, I was looking forward to this all day and I can't wait to get into the, the meat and potatoes here, man. Thanks for having Let's me on. It. I know we don't have a lot of time. Well, we got plenty of time, but before Evie walks in there and <laughs> daddy time. <laughs> That's right. right. We, we're both uh, fathers that work uh, from our home offices and there's some great benefits to doing that. Gives everybody a chance to run in your door whenever you want. For but sure. it's also a chance to save on the commute going back home every day. Absolutely. Would you do this any other way? I mean, could you imagine like having to go to a regular job and uh, no, just... no, it's a, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous outside. I can walk. It can take me 30 seconds to grab my daughter's hand, run outside, go play in the backyard, wow. you know, within half a minute of being done. Yeah. How many people can do that? We're living in yeah. just, it's a blessed life. It really is. Do you guys go to the zoo and stuff like that, that in the middle of the day? Last week was the last letter of the alphabet. It was Z week around our okay. house. We're doing a letter a week. And so okay. we did the zoo last week, actually. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's sort of surprised me when she said like one of her favorite animals was um, the, the, what's that? The, the snow leopard. Okay. Cause it looked right at her, like with, yeah. just beyond the glass, you know, yeah. in the little, in the little spot that the snow leopard lives in, it was like staring at, <laughs> staring her down. Like she looked like an appetizer. And of course I'm Papa bear, you know, right. trying to like, how am I going to hope this glass is thick enough? <laughs> right. So it was good times. Yeah. That yeah. How about awesome. you guys? Are you guys getting um, out there and enjoying some sunshine? We do. Yeah. He loves the playground. He love, he could spend out there all day, go out there all day. Um, being a, an only child right now, he, he needs that. He, I mean, he, 
he's very social. So he'll just walk up to kids that are playing that are even a lot older than him and just start jumping in. Um, yep. Sometimes that's received really well. Sometimes they're like, you know, kind of get away kid. You're too little for this, but he's going to be a great uh, business owner someday. Yes. You, know, you just got to sometimes do that. Right. As uh, in business, just jump, jump in, in and we do figure out what you can do. We have a blast. So well, I always enjoy having you on and uh, let's just jump into it. What are we talking about today? Yeah. You know, the conversation you and I kind of bandied about before we hit record, I think really has been hitting me between the eyes lately with a lot of the conversations I have with clients. Mm -hmm. um, as a certified financial planner, I meet with folks one-on-one -on -one in a confidential advisory role all across the country. And I've had the privilege of working with many of the awesome folks you know and work with and love so much, Ryan. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's always an honor to get to chat with you and uh, uh, to chat kind of with you, with the, yes. the crowd listening too. Yes. A lot of the discussion I'm hearing, especially now as, as a lot of the government supports is being pulled back in terms of like monthly income and deferral of student loans as we're recording this, that's still being debated, but mm -hmm. people are kind of getting quote unquote back to normal with regard to bills and, and mm -hmm. uh, income. Mm -hmm. We're also hearing a lot of people say that there's supply chain issues and there's issues with their, their just the revenue off their business. Mm -hmm. uh, they're starting to see a lot of the PPP loans um, start to coming in and starting to be paid on. Uh, a lot of folks are seeing just they're struggling. Mm -hmm. And I was looking to looking at some statistics according to the Small Business Administration. Uh, when you start a business, this could be very small. I mean, we're talking five grand to start your business, right? Yeah, uh, or less even. Um, they say according to the SBA that according to startup financing, 77% of small businesses drain the savings account to start the wow. business, 77%, oh 19% uh, also, and this, this is going to total more than hundred percent. I realize because some people use multiple sources to start sure. that business, yep. but 19% use bank loans, 10% okay. use credit cards. Another 10% uh, are using personal assets. Like they're selling the house or mortgaging the house. Mm -hmm. um, another 7% are using other sources like family money, uh, grants, mm -hmm. venture capital money, mm -hmm. um, home equity, government loans are only at 2.3%. That's mm -hmm. the SBA loans there. So I'm trying to figure out like, how do you run a business um, when other people have so many hands in the pot, so to speak, yeah. or you've drained your personal savings to start that, that dream, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you notice? You you deal with quite a few entrepreneurs, Ryan. Do you have any discussions about how they're going to fund their business by well, the inventory? The cool thing about what we teach is that um, you literally can start with zero dollars, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so I, you don't have to. I mean, a lot of people that come to me, they're um, they're already they kind of know what I do, and so they're already kind of. A lot of them are geared towards the selling physical products, as I have a large community of people that sell on Amazon. Um, but you can get started with under $500 and many times literally zero because with the strategy of consignment going to like Mark, if you and I were neighbors and I knew that you had a, a bunch of stuff in your garage and Katrina was telling that get this stuff out of here, Mark, or we're mm -hmm. done. Like I could go to Mark, mm -hmm. I'll help you out here. Let me take yep. all this stuff. I'll sell it for you and we'll split the profits. Your wife will be happy. Um, and I'll be happy because I didn't have to spend any money to get that inventory. Uh, or I got stuff sitting in my garage that I know right now, if I was really in trouble, 
financially, I could sell some stuff that we have that we're not using that I could pop it up on Facebook marketplace and have cash tonight. Love so it. those are the strategies we teach. So nobody, not, not very many people listening to me on streams of income are going out and borrowing money to start their business. They just don't have to. Some do. Some will buy inventory on a credit card after they've gotten started. Mm-hmm. But yep. that, that's why I love what we do is just because it's, it's so low hanging, low risk, um, just there's very little investment needed. So, but people right. are still struggling. I get emails from people that are, that are struggling all the time. And yeah, so, well, and yeah. your story in, involved just consignment and, uh, kind of working to kind of split the fur. It was furniture if I recall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. And, and I meet a lot of the people on the Amazon side, um, who maybe they've started with no debt, mm-hmm. but then they've stumbled into it with, um, inventory, not selling oh, sure. as fast as they thought. Yep, and it's credit cards, or it's Amazon lending, or it's payables, uh, or it's cabbage, or some of these other business lines of credit. Yep, uh, and a lot of these rackets can be double-digit interest. You oh, know, yeah. ten, twenty. I've seen sixty percent interest mm. rates on some of these. I mean, that's worse than credit cards, right? Um, and you think it's it's not bad because hey, I'm only going to float for ten days, twenty days, forty days, whatever. Mm. Um, and that's on the business side, but then over here on the personal side, even if we're running our business with a tight ship and we're just doing consignment or retail arbitrage or something like mm-hmm. that on the personal side, we could still be surprisingly, um, hit with multiple kinds of debt. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the student loan debacle is at 1.6 trillion right mm-hmm. now. Uh, credit cards are just chasing that, uh, mortgage debt is now going up. We have an average mortgage now of five and a quarter percent as we're recording this, which is almost double what it was last year, this mm-hmm. time. Um, now, a lot of this is, is just been floating around in the ether. We've been able to sustain this amount of debt because our interest rates have been so low. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you and I have been alive, basically, Ryan, um, interest rates have been just coming down. Mm-hmm. And so we're about to experience, or we are experiencing the first time for us anyway, a rising interest rate world Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not slowing down yet. I don't know. I don't know how this ends. No one's got that crystal ball, but mm-hmm. you know, debt certainly has a, um, it's got a, you know, hands around our neck as a country and not just as a country, but also as families. Right. Um, and for, for those that are struggling, I just want to say there's hope there's, there's yeah. possible outcomes, but boy, it, it also takes strategy. You know, hope is not a strategy. We need hope and we need strategies. Absolutely. That's right. And that's why you're here. <laughs> just just, got some, one, just gonna pass one money idea. out to everybody. <laughs> at least one idea to do yeah. this. <laughs> We're just gonna get helicopters of money. That's right. right. That's, the, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> isn't that what the government does? That's promises? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's um there, there are there are better and worse ways to become debt-free. And I'll tell you a story. My my family and I, my wife and I, we graduated in college. We had really no awareness of money. We didn't really understand what it was for, except just to pay the bills and so forth. But we stumbled our way through college, mostly me. She did a better job than I did, but uh, we had about $120,000 of student loan debt Wow! Uh, when we graduated. Now, if that was in today's money, that'd be about 220 grand, 230 mm. grand. And you have to realize too, we weren't like lawyers and doctors, okay? We did not have marketable degrees when we graduated. Um, it was like, um, also it was 2008 when we graduated, right? So 
was that a good time to be looking for work? Remind no. me. <laughs> no, no, no. I remember 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was sort of like March, 2020, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden every, the world kind of freaked out for about a year yeah. and yeah. we can, we all have this wonderful rosy rose tinted glasses looking back on 2008. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that we didn't know like if the banks were going to be open the next day mm-hmm. for a good chunk of that year, half, second half of that year. Mm-hmm. And when the banks aren't open, the grocery store is not going to be open. Yeah. Uh, and when the grocery store is not open, you know, we can about bet that the world is ending, uh, <laughs> at least around this house. <laughs> That's right. So we did not have a plan. And we didn't have DoorDash then. No, no DoorDash. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Thank God for DoorDash, Instacart, <laughs> all of them. They belong in the streets of gold too. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I was just reflecting the other day on, on really the, the severity of our situation in 2008, we were young kids, you know, um, just out of college, whatever. And, and so we got serious about our budget, started working side jobs, anybody who would pay us over the table, under the table, it didn't matter to me. Uh, <laughs> it was waiters and tips and all that stuff. Yeah. And so we would just try to knock out the debt uh, with mm-hmm. good old Dave Ramsey's snowball. Mm-hmm. And he did so many wonderful things for my um, relationship with money, my relationship with my marriage, with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to give him a lot of credit for just getting me, as he says, gazelle intense, getting me intense about paying off the debt. Yeah. Now, um, I would not necessarily say that he's got the corner on truth, especially when it comes to the entirety of the financial universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he didn't write the fifth gospel, you know, he's got mm-hmm. his own opinions, his own bias, right? Sure. Um, and as it turned out, uh, we did get a lot of benefit from his baby steps. Mm-hmm. But over time, I began to realize that baby steps are not going to win a marathon. Mm. And my life shouldn't be stuck on, on baby steps, mm. right? Um, like if your son, Callan, was still doing baby steps at his age, that'd be a problem. Mm. If yeah, you were still doing baby steps, if I was still doing baby steps, that'd be a big problem. Right. right. <laughs> so we have to decide for ourselves, thinking critically about money, how do we do this? How do we manage? It's an adult problem. It takes an adult solution mm-hmm. when you get into that kind of debt, whether it's credit cards or student loans or you know other things. Brian, before I keep blabbing on any no, feedback this is, comments. This is really good. This is reminding me of a conversation I had with somebody um, several years ago that she said, Dave Ramsey is wonderful, but he's, he's more for the person who has just a regular job than entrepreneurs because as entrepreneurs, um, what he doesn't t- usually talk, and I have to be honest, maybe he does talk about this more now, but it seemed like it was all about cutting, cutting, cutting expenses um, rather than building income. And so if you have a, a job where, you're only going to make $50,000. That's all you're going to make. And you, you can't, there's no prospect of making any more. You don't want to get a side job. That makes sense. You're going to have to cut. You're going to have to do something if you don't want to earn extra money. But for us as business owners, she was saying that, um, you know, a lot of it doesn't apply. I mean, yeah, it's very smart to cut out things you don't, you're not using. It's, you want to be a good steward of your money, of course. But we as business owners have the opportunity to create extra income so that we can, you know, I, I want to be able to afford Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to take my kid to the zoo when it's not Wednesday, a half off day, you know? Right. And so mm-hmm. yeah. um, I'm thankful that I have a, a position where I can 
you know, send out an email and get people sending me money for a course I've created and earn extra cash to be able to go on vacation. So just a sidebar there that I feel like. No, Ryan, you're, you're exactly right, man. I think, you know, if you ignore either side of the seesaw, you're going to get caught. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got to take, you got to tackle that beast of rising expenses. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's the, the um, Parkinson's law that says that expenses will rise to meet your income. Mm. You're right. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? All of a sudden that nice car, you get that nice bonus at work. And all of a sudden there's that nice car waiting for you at the car dealer, you know, it's just up, up and in the ante. Also they, they say a a luxury enjoyed becomes a necessity. Mm. And that's so true too. I mean, we're up in Chicago and heated car seats. Uh That is, that is standard in this household. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, um, I know that you have an incredible YouTube channel. You also publish this on podcasts. Is it possible for me to share my screen or should yeah, we go for it? Just yeah, audio. Absolutely. Okay. I'll be, um, I'll see if I can keep this sort of brief, but I figured I'd share. Whoops. There we go. See if this pops up. Does that pop up yep. on your side there? Mm-hmm. The debt snowball? Yes. So I wanted to quickly explain the traditional way most people pay off their debts, which is known as the debt snowball method. Mm-hmm. And then show you an alternative way that my wife and I use to pay off our uh, our debts, and what a number of our clients are using as well. It's called the debt snow bank method. <laughs> so a little play on words with old Dave Ramsey there. So this is the popular way here. This is known as the debt snowball method. And here are the steps. First, you list all of your debts from smallest to largest. Some people will also choose to go with interest rates first, but you know, list all your debts. Pick the one you want to tackle first. And make your minimum payments on all your debts except the smallest one. And with all your might, you'd throw as much as you could toward the one account that you want to pay attention to first. Usually it's the one that's the smallest balance, but again, you could also choose the highest interest rate first. And then you take those monthly payments that you use to pay off the previous debt and you use that as the additional payment toward the next debt every time you pay off a debt. Mm-hmm. until that one's paid off and then that one's paid off and so forth. And meanwhile, while you're doing all this kind of subsequently or you know uh, at the same time, you keep about a thousand bucks in your savings account. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, a thousand bucks in the savings account. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> yeah, um, you have a, a medical expense, a car that needs to be repaired and then you'd have to you know, put that money back onto the credit card that you That's just paid right. off. That's right. Yeah. Or, or I guess, I think uh, Dave Ramsey used to speak about cutting up your credit cards, right? After you were mm-hmm. paying them off. So then he well, got to go get another credit card. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Cause I've met enough people now that I've met people who've been on Dave's radio show uh-huh. and they did the whole I'm debt free yeah. scream, yeah. but they get to tell me the rest of the story. And they say mm-hmm. to me, Mark, uh, we fell back into debt. Yeah. Uh, and that's more common than you realize. Yeah. Um, I've heard somebody talk about that too. A mutual friend of ours um, said, um, I can just say probably he wouldn't care because um, he talks about, he's very open. Uh, Josh Tolley uh, talks, says that uh, inflation is the killer of, of that situation. If those people that are debt-free, that's awesome. Praise the Lord for that. But then if they're still making that same income, still making that same $50,000, well, Mm -hmm. next year, that $50,000 is only worth $48,000. And so now they're back into debt again because they're they're not getting pay increases. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Wow. Well, um, 
you're right. Inflation is a big part of our conversation in the news these days too. Mm-hmm. So the next step I wanted to show was quickly like, well, okay, Mark, so debt snowball, that might not work. Well, what can we do? Here's a picture of something we generally think about, but don't necessarily see. And that is, hopefully you can see this whiteboard here. I'm drawing, for those just listening, I'm drawing a horizontal line across the screen. And I want that to sort of represent time, time in our life. And in the center of this line is uh, the number zero. So when you're born, you know, at the beginning of your timeline, you have a net worth of zero, let's say. <laughs> and I'll also, you, there's no, U, there's no U-Hauls behind hearses. So I guess you end at zero as well. Yes. All right. So everything in between is sort of the story we're trying to work out. What's the best way to deal with this money thing? Now, if you needed a car this afternoon, Ryan, let's just say you had no money at all, mm-hmm. no, no assets, nothing at all. And you <laughs> must have a car this afternoon. Yeah. What's the only way to get that car? Uh, steal it. <laughs> Steal it. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, well, I had never heard someone answer that way before, but that is a great answer. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess. Okay, so I mean, the, the, the legal way you have no yeah, money. The legal way, yeah. Uh, yeah I yeah. guess you. Uh, wow. I'm never letting um, you drive my car, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, legal, you have no money whatsoever. I get you'd have. To, I mean, you got to uh, get a loan. I guess, right? You'd have to get a loan. You got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But or steal it. Um, <laughs> uh, so now I'm drawing a line below net zero. And now what's going to happen 30 days after you get that loan? They're going to ask you for a month <laughs> for payment, your first right? payment. Yeah, that's right. Little, they're going to squeeze blood from the turnip. And you're going to have to climb and crawl and scratch your way back up to that net zero line over the next uh-huh. four or five years. Yep. And what do you do once the five years are up and that car payment is paid off? Well, the, the new car smell is kind of gone. The kids are, you know, busted the back window. It's kind of smelling sort of weird. You'll, you like the new car. So what do you do? You go back into debt for your next car, right? Oh. And you just continue the staircase. You fall back down the staircase and you climb back up. Mm-hmm. All the while money is leaking out of your system. It's leaking out of your pockets and going to where? To the bank. Mm-hmm. The bank controls this whole process. And most people live their entire life. And quite literally, Ryan, um, it's, a good chunk of our waking hours, mm-hmm. just just being slaves to the bank. Yeah. Now, um, this was me climbing my way up the debt snowball. You know, you know, right. So, what's the alternative? I guess I could have, you know, saved up and paid cash for my education, or you could have not stolen my car. Thank you. <laughs> you could have saved some money uh, and uh, saved some money in a savings account or money market or brokerage account or something, and mm-hmm. saved, saved, saved. Now I'm drawing a, a vertical staircase going up above that horizontal line. Mm-hmm. And now we've saved our money, whatever it was, 10,000, 40,000, whatever your car was going to be cost, whatever it was you know, going to cost. And now we've got a $40,000 bucket of money sitting somewhere and we're feeling pretty good. And it's earning a little bit of interest. Maybe it's pennies, <laughs> maybe it's dollars, depending <laughs> on where you saved year. it. Yeah. <laughs> but what happens as soon as you take money out of your bank account? You crash back down to zero, mm-hmm. and no matter what you were earning before, how much interest are you now earning on this money that you took out of the bank account? No to buy your car on zero. Zero. That's right. Zero times anything is still zero. That's right. So the true cost of my car or your car or anybody's car, even if you pay cash, is not thirty grand or whatever the car might have cost. Mm-hmm. The true cost of your car is whatever that would have grown to. Mm-hmm. over your lifetime had you not yeah. bought the car 
Mm. Just left it invested. Yeah. And then when we do withdraw money from our brokerage accounts or savings accounts or whatever, we've broken interest on that money for the rest of our lives. And then we got to also save up, right? For the next car or the next medical expense or whatever it is. So we keep just living this. It's almost like a mirrored reality to the debt Mm -hmm. staircase. Mm -hmm. In fact, Ryan, I would say that you finance everything you buy. Either you pay interest to a banker or you pass up interest. You could have earned on your money Mm. had you not bought that car and left that money invested instead. Right. Hmm. That's good. I also heard uh, Grant Cardone talk about, um, I think it was him, about the the true cost of something. Like if he looks at a, a new suit. And it's a thousand dollars. He, I don't know what percentage he uses or what is meant. I have to go back. I could go back and look at pretty easily, but he, he multiplies it by two or three or four or five, because that's mm-hmm. what it might be in 20 years and says, am I still, do I still buy, want to buy this suit if it's five grand? Um, and sometimes yeah. the answer is yes. And sometimes it's no, I don't want to buy this suit for five grand. Um, you know, it's so it's true worth that money to me. So, yeah, if you could just put, you know, three fifty a month, which would basically be a car payment or saving for your next car. If you could just put three fifty a month into a savings account mm-hmm. and you were able to do that over how many cars you're going to buy over your lifetime, right? Probably 10 cars. If you're a young kid in your twenties, sure. you're probably going to buy eight to 10 cars over your lifetime. Um, well, and if you put in three fifty a month earning 5% in some sort of savings account, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, and let me just do the math on that really quick. All right, and we're going to do 12 times, let's see, 67 times 720 months. All right, that's, uh, wow, 720 months. Do you want to know the cost of buying your cars with cash? <laughs> if you saved 350 bucks a month and never took it out of an interest-bearing account at 5%, over 60 years, that's 1.6 million bucks. Wow. Hope you liked your cars. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So um, that's the power of compound interest. Mm-hmm. The trouble is we're trapped on this line, this net zero line, and we can't get off of it because you got to buy your stinking cars, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So is there a better way? That's kind of what I was forced to think about myself. And so that was kind of my discussion with my wife. What if there was a better way? What if there was something better than being debt-free? What if there was something better than just paying cash or just using a bank over and over and over again? The, the trap was to always pay cash or use debt. And so we came up with, discovered, found, and kind of refined something that we now have trademarked as the debt snow bank method. Uh, which is our tongue-in-cheek response to good old Dave, uh, and yeah, it's, it's just like it sounds. You know, you're banking something. It's not you're not setting up a literal FDIC-insured bank, but in this case, we're using a tool that helps us, in essence, become the bank. It helps us buy back our debt, and maybe crucially for us, for my wife and I, it kept us liquid while we were doing that, mm-hmm. because again, the biggest problem that we found. Besides that lost opportunity to grow our money, that was one mega problem as we were throwing money into the hole of our student loans. We'd never see that money compound for me ever again. But we also had the problem of no access to cash. Like if we just tripped on the sidewalk, 
right. or had a flat tire or something, we'd, we'd go back into debt all over again right. while we were trying to get out of debt. So by using the debt snow bank method, we were able to break free from our creditors and stay liquid, meaning accessible money at the same time. So it's a much more sane approach for becoming uh, debt-free. Any feedback, thoughts on any of this, Ryan? No, this is good stuff. I know exactly where you're going. So okay, <laughs> and, I, and I've used this multiple times in my business and life. Thanks to you. Love so. it, love it, man. Well, yeah the um, the the tool we use is using a dividend-paying whole life insurance policy. And hey, wait, isn't that what Dave Ramsey says is bad? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was the one thing that really almost caught me like from moving forward on this. Yeah, because I was so tied up in Dave's um, his reality distortion field. Like I would log, I would listen to his radio show mm-hmm. um, every day, and I knew what he thought about whole life insurance. But um, as I finally got through a lot of my own bias and and kind of preconceived notions. What we're talking about here is a specifically designed type of whole life. It's categorically different than what you'd hear Dave talk about on his radio show. Uh, and either he just doesn't know about this or he's not willing to make this this exception. Mm-hmm. Either way, he's not giving you the truth that you might need to help you break free. Because it's added hundreds of thousands of dollars of wealth to my family because we paid off our student loan debt this way, yeah. as opposed to just paying it off the old-fashioned way, the Dave, the Dave Ramsey snowball way. All right. So uh, again, we're using a whole life policy designed the bank on yourself way, meaning it's got a ton of cash right away. We squeeze the death benefit. We squeeze down the commissions. We flood the policy with cash, whether it's 200 bucks a month or more or less, the more you pack into that policy, the more you can have access to. And essentially the steps are very simple. Once you've established kind of your list of debts, you list them all out, same as before, either by smallest to largest balance or highest interest rate, whatever you prefer. And you keep current on all those debts. We don't want you to go behind on any debt in this project. The next step would be to establish, set up, and fund a dividend-paying whole life policy, kind of engineer the bank on yourself way, and put everything else, just just go nuts funding that whole life policy. Put everything you can into there. The money that I was overpaying on my student loans early on in my project there, I should have been putting straight into one of these policies. Now, we finally figured it out about halfway through our, our project. Thank goodness. But everything you can squeeze in here comfortably, of course, going into a policy. That policy is accessible money. It's liquid, meaning you can get access to it. Um for any reason, if there's a medical emergency or whatever, it gives you a pool of cash Oops, mm-hmm. right away. Gives you a pool of cash right away. So there's no sense in fighting off the orcs at your front door if you've left the back door and the garage door wide open, <laughs> <That's> right? right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my so got to get my Lord of the Rings reference in there. <laughs> so it creates a bank of money, not talking about an FDIC insured bank. I'm talking like a snow bank or a food bank, right? Mm-hmm. Get it? Uh, and as you build up your storehouse of money, your bank of money uh, becomes worth as much as your smallest debt. So I want you to imagine your debts are coming down slowly. Meanwhile, your policy is getting just flooded with cash. So it's growing quickly. And if you can imagine two piles of money in your mind there, at some point, that policy will be the same as one or all of your debts. And you can borrow against the policy and wipe out the debt. So that's step three. Yeah. Plus you've bought insurance. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention you've solved that problem for your family in case you pass away, you're not leaving them with debt. Right. Yeah. So step three was, uh, yeah, when you have enough cash value in your whole life policy, you take a policy loan to pay off your debt. Now, Ryan, why in the world would you do that? Like, aren't you just trading one debt for another? Why would you take a policy loan? Loans equal bad, right? <laughs> Normally, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, I guess, can I go on? Basically, yeah, go my answer it. is always step four, which is that uh, that money that you took out continues to grow as if you never took it out. So that's, yep. it's, it's your money. Um, but just, uh, just the way it's set up is that, um, you know, the, and you never have to pay it, but that's a whole other, I don't know if you want to get into all that, but yeah, I was like it. talking yep. about that. Cause it's boggle. It's when I first heard of this is like, I, this sounds way too good to be true, but now I understand the inner workings of it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, you can pay that debt off. It does lower the cash value that you have available to borrow another, to borrow more back. Um, but then that, that money that you took out continues to earn dividends every single year as if you never touched it. Yeah. And I mean, it's better to pay it back. But even if you never did, let's say that that insurance, you had a million dollar death benefit, and let's say you borrowed 50 grand and you did not pay it back. Well, that means you're not, you would have lost that opportunity of that 50 grand. That 50 grand is not going, um, it'll grow faster if you pay it back. But even if you don't, your family just has essentially will pay it back off of the death benefit. So Mm -hmm. pretty sweet. You've taken a debt where, other people were in control of your life, mm-hmm. the banks, the banksters, as I call them, mm-hmm. the credit card companies, the finance companies, you, you got them out of your life. You fired your bankers and now you're sitting behind the banking desk of your own life. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe as a financial planner that you can pull on a lot of levers in your financial life. You could chase rate of return in the stock market. Mm-hmm. You could go grab some rental properties. You can fight mm-hmm. inflation. You can pull all these levers in your life. You can cut expenses. You can you know, whittle down your taxes with your accountant. There's lots of things you could spend your time and money and energy working on. But my firm belief at this point, having seen over a thousand clients across the country, is that whoever controls the banking function in your life Mm-hmm. will win your financial life. Mm. And if it's some other banker, they're going to win. I don't care yeah. what your mutual fund says it gave you last year yeah. in the stock market or whatever your tax rate was or whatever. What matters is who's the one doing the banking in your life. If mm. you're the one who owns the bank, quote unquote bank in your life, mm-hmm. you're going to win by default, by default. Yeah. And why is that? Because yes, when you can control the loan repayments, like turn it on, turn it off. You know, if you get into a tight spot, you can stop the repayments for a while. Then you can turn them back on again. Just had a guy, this is a crazy story. Um, I'll be brief here, but gentleman who opened up a policy with me in 2015 to do this, he paid off a bunch of his debts, credit cards and more, mm-hmm. did the snowbank. I didn't know it was called that at the time, but he borrowed out, paid off all of his credit cards. And he has since paid back the loan to the policy. Now, why would he do that if he didn't have to? There's no requirement saying he has to repay it. Well, like you said, it, it kind of refuels the policy. The death benefit is made whole again. But meanwhile, again, the policy was still earning interest as if he had never taken that loan. Mm-hmm. And he has since used the policy for other loans, other, other needs, bought a car, yeah. um, helped his grandchild graduate college uh, mm-hmm. with some expenses there. 
um, you know, has, has since used the policy a number of times. In fact, he and I were on the phone. He was like, Mark, um, I don't know why my loan balance is this big. I thought I'd been paying on it for a long time. And I had to go back into the history and, and see that he had taken a $12,000 loan and totally forgot that he had even done it. Uh-huh. And he had also stopped paying the loans for a while and he'd forgotten he had done that too. Now, do you think a real bank would be that generous, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, so that's the that's step four is to, to, to realize that you didn't stop the compound growth in the policy mm-hmm. when you paid off your debt. In fact, I actually don't say you pay off your debt. When you use the debt snow bank, you're mm-hmm. buying back your debt from your other yeah. banksters and yes. now you are the banker. You've yes. bought it from them. And kind of like how your mortgage can get sold to another mm-hmm. um, mortgage company it, mm-hmm. or your student loans sometimes, you're buying that debt. You're playing the same game that the banks are playing. Mm-hmm. And you get to buy it back from the bank that you had had their thumb on you. Yes. And now you get to control that, uh, that asset. Now mm-hmm. you turned your liability into an asset, which is yeah. what we did with all of our student loans. Yes. I wanted to say something that I, I always like to, I was going to look up the percentage here real quick, because um, I'm not going to give out exact numbers here. The the policy that you put together for my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so any, any of you guys that have a business and you're thinking, okay, you can like, you say you have an Amazon business and you're going to, you're about to drop 10 grand or 20 grand in inventory. You're about to buy a pieces of, of equipment. Maybe you have a, a prep center and you're wanting to buy a, 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 a you know, a pallet jack or a, a um, just anything that might be pricey that you're thinking, should I borrow money from a bank to do this or pull it out of my policy. Or let's say you don't even have a policy yet. You, let's say you have 10 grand sitting in the bank right now. I always tell anybody to go grab a policy with this. Talk to Mark, grab a policy with this because what that does, let's say that that um, $10,000 that you have in the bank saved up to buy your inventory, buy your piece of equipment. Sure, you can take that and go buy that thing, but then your, your, your balance goes down 10 grand in your account you're no longer earning interest on that 10 grand. But if you put it into a policy, um, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but that policy you put together for my mom, the amount that we were going to put in, um, you had it structured in a way that she had access to 91.4% immediately. Yeah, that's um, right. And so she mm-hmm. could put that money in. And within just a few days after that policy is all set and done, whatever it has to happen with the insurance company, she can go right back into that and borrow it. So for you guys that are business owners, $10,000. Um, a, yes, definitely a portion of it's going to go to buy the insurance, um, all the fees, but the fees are reduced. You would have access to maybe $9,100 to go buy that equipment that you need. Plus you've bought insurance. So to me, it feels like you're double dipping here. Um, cause that 10 grand in the policy is going to continue to, to increase every year. And you still have your equipment that you needed um, and your bank, mm-hmm. your, and it just, it feels like it, it is, it's not, it doesn't just feel like double dipping because you are, especially if you're putting in an inventory, your money's mm-hmm. earning inventory, your money's earning interest in the insurance policy. Plus you used it to buy inventory. That's probably bringing you 20 to 25% return on your investment. If you're selling on Amazon, you're, you're giving me goosebumps there, Ryan. That's awesome, man. I love it. Love it. Uh, and I, I would just, uh, I would just add to that that yeah, there's there's all sorts of creative scenarios here, and I want to also mention that it did cost your mom something to buy this policy. Sure, it, it, you mentioned it, right? You put in X dollars, and she had ninety one percent of that. That means she lost roughly nine percent of her money in the first year. 
Mm-hmm. So for folks that need every last penny right now and can't part with even a few pennies on their on their dollar, don't do this. I hate to say it, but you know, it is a there's always going to be upfront expenses. There was an expense, I'm sure, when you started your business, at least a few hundred oh, sure. bucks of something, right? To yeah. incorporate your business, whatever. There's always going to be expenses with your real estate, but the the key is can we think long range? Mm-hmm. With your mom's policy, I don't. I hope you don't mind if I say it. It, it, it. breaks even in year three, right? Yeah. Um, and that that means that uh, it was a single premium that goes mm-hmm. in in her case. But other folks, it might take longer than three years. Other folks, it might be shorter than three years. But mm-hmm. the point is, it took a few years for it to break even, mm-hmm. and that meant you had to be willing. She had to be willing to be patient. Yeah, but all the while, Mark, she bought. She has. She she gets something for that money because mm-hmm. she's got a life insurance policy. That's so right. She passes within mm-hmm. that three years. Well, that I mean, we're covered because that that bought a life insurance policy for her. You're right. So, You're right. That's yeah. so true. It's at the end of the day, this is life insurance, and that's what we're mm-hmm. buying here. Yeah. And she did have and does have liquid access. Any person who buys a policy, if it's designed correctly, the money is available within a, usually a few weeks after you start the policy. So even though all of it's not there, 91 cents or whatever in, in her case, it could be 65 cents, it could be 85 cents, it could be 90 cents, just depends on the person's situation. Right. Cause you but, may, you know, like for me, you've built it completely different. Like you were trying to maximize, you know, some, well, for some people, they might want a huge death benefit. Some other people might want access to the cash mm-hmm. right away. Therefore it changes mm-hmm. the, that percentage. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But the main point is patient capital, patient capital. I think we're very impatient in our world today. Mm-hmm. We want our rate of return from our cryptocurrency like instantly. But I would say you can either get rich quick or you can get rich for sure. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said. And this is one of those assets. The life insurance is an asset that grows on a guaranteed basis mm-hmm. every single year. That's getting rich for sure Yeah, in my book. you know. And, and I would much rather have folks say, well, Mark, what's a good rate of return? And I say the best rate of return is the one you actually get, <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> um, you know, any kind of uh, pie in the sky estimates from your financial advisor on Wall Street is just that. It's just hope and prayer, right? Mm-hmm. It's just pie in the sky. So I would much rather a get rich for sure, guaranteed cash value increase every single year than a hope and pray return mm-hmm. that is worth as much as the paper it was printed on. Right. Mm, so true. So good. And the other thing is that like, if I'm, I'm in business there, I'm going to need more equipment. So you can do multiple policies too. And so instead That's of right. like guys listening, like if, if you are constantly shelling out money for inventory, whatever, do it through the policy. Or if, if you have another piece of equipment, that's going to come up in a couple of years and you have 50 grand in the bank to pay for it, buy a policy first, then get the equipment. Cause then that money is going to continue to grow and you get your piece of equipment. Plus you have life insurance. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I'll tell a quick story. I just spoke with someone in the Legends Group yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, and I won't give too many details here. But they were um, doing well; their business is doing fine. But they had racked up some credit card debt, and they had also started a policy, two policies with me uh, about a year or two ago, two mm-hmm. two years ago. And they were like, "Well, Mark, we got this money sitting in our savings account. We're just going to probably pay off the credit cards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's thirty something thousand in credit card debt. We're going to pay off those credit cards." And I said, well, okay, you can do that. But would you like me to calculate the cost of paying cash for your debt? And mm. it turned out it was going to be about 210,000 bucks over their lifetime if mm. they just wrote the check and wiped out the credit cards. Yeah. 
Instead, what they're doing now is they're dumping that 30-something thousand in savings into their two policies that they had set up. See, they created those parking spaces for their cash years ago. And they didn't know they were going to be in credit card debt this year. I mean, again, their business is doing fine, but they just wanted those pesky cards gone. And they had the money sitting in savings. Mark, why don't we just wipe, wipe this slate clean here? Why not put it into an ever-increasing asset for you and your family mm-hmm. and get that 210 grand starting right now, start to grow and accumulate mm-hmm. and still pay off the credit cards? Mm-hmm. Rather than be debt-free, I want to be the banker. I want to buy back yeah. my debt. And so that's exactly what they're doing uh, yeah. with their cash. So yeah. good on you to them. And even a little more advanced thing is this little thing called wiggle room in your policy that even though you set it up, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this, but even though you set it up for a certain amount, you're, there's typically going to be, depending on how policy set up, some extra room in there to put more money into that. So even if you put it in and then take it right back out to pay off that debt, that's still better than directly yeah. paying off the debt. And I want to, yeah, you're exactly right. And I want to say one other quick cautionary tale here as we're getting close, I realize uh, on our time, uh, Ryan, but uh, I just got off the phone with someone earlier today and they had set up a policy. It was a pretty mega policy. I mean, guys, you can do these small, you know, a couple bucks a month. I'm talking for kids, especially it could be 60, 75 bucks a month mm-hmm. for adults. It might be two, 300 bucks a month, maybe, but there's always ways around that if you can't even come up with that. So guys really just don't let money be an issue. There's almost always a way to make it work. If you have a will, there's usually a way. Mm-hmm. But this one today, I was talking to her. She had had a very significant upper five figures a year policy going in premium every year. Mm-hmm. And, and she had set it up with someone besides me and our firm. And it was not a bank on yourself designed policy. She thought it was. It was whole life insurance. They paid dividends. It had a paid up additions rider on there. It, it even had non-direct recognition loans. All the gooey vocabulary that you hear me say a lot, Ryan. <laughs> um, but as it happens, it was a, a company that I would not recommend. Mm-hmm. And there's a few reasons why. One, I'll just give you two quick ones to be brief. The expenses in the policy were baked in where she was going to pay about 16% expense on every dollar she put in to the most efficient part of her policy. That's triple the industry average. Mm. Okay. She didn't know that. No one told her that. I bet you the agent didn't even know. Mm. And the other was, um, when you take a loan from this particular company, I won't name it, um, they charge all of your year's interest on the first day. Mm. You take a loan for 10 grand, they're going to give you a loan for 10,500 in the first day. So Mm. for these and other reasons, she's now transferring. She thought she had one of these policies. I guess the Mm. point I'm trying to say is, don't assume that your guy down the street knows what he's doing or the gal yeah. that you met in college mm-hmm. who has her life insurance license knows what she's doing, you know, uh-huh. uh, they might, but I would yeah. suggest make sure that they are a bank on yourself professional. There's mm-hmm. 200 of us that have all gone tr- through the training. We've gotten our certifications. We'll design it correctly. It's sort of like you don't get into an elevator unless you know it's been certified, right? <laughs> uh, there's a good and a bad way to engineer elevators. Same with bridges, same with mm-hmm. my smartphone. Um, once you're in the elevator though, you just push a button and up you go, right? If it's designed correctly. Yeah. Uh, if it's not, you got problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. So make sure it was designed correctly and that it's being serviced and managed by a professional. Um, I'd humbly submit myself, but there's a number of other bank on yourself professionals out there that could help you. Um, 
And uh, so that's just one more, I guess, cautionary tale, Ryan, yeah, as we wrap up. Sure. Well, you're the only one I'm recommending. I don't even know anybody else. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's some better looking ones out there for sure. I'm sorry to, sorry you're stuck with me. <laughs> no, I love it. I enjoy, always enjoy our conversations. Well, yeah, guys, just definitely give him a call. Uh, go to, um, or just set up a, a, a call with him and his team. Uh, it's com forward slash bank on yourself. And uh, I'll set you up with a free consultation. And Mark's super cool because he'll just ask you some questions. And it's guys, it's literally zero pressure. Um, and he'll tell you of himself if this is not a fit for you. But it's been a blessing yep. to a lot of uh, my family and a lot of our Legends members that are um, using this to help their business. It go, works really well with a, somebody that has a business. So, And that link again was... Um... Ryan.com forward slash bank on yourself. All right, cool. Yeah. Mark, anything else? No, man, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's always an awesome time. I, like I said, I was looking forward to this all day and it's oh, been a lot too. of fun. So thank you. Love it. Appreciate you having you back on. We'll have you back on again. Thank you. All right. See you. Bye-bye everyone. See you next week.